Previously on The Marvelous Patrick Show. I mean, I could actually just be known as the guest host if that would be a little easier. I mean, more, you know, who knows if I'll be here ever again. I might be lost in the abyss. And I think this goes along with the idea of journalistic integrity, uh, which of which, no, we don't have that, but... Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Marvelous Patrick Show. I'm your host, The Marvelous Patrick. With me this week is only one co-host, Matt. Hey! How you doing this week, Matt? I am the one. The one. He's the chosen one. What's what's shaking, Bacon? Uh, uh, Not much. A lot of work. A lot lot of work. work? Oh, that's that's a good thing, I guess, when you own your own business, right? it is. It is. It's been a lot of work. Um, as an, I'm a newspaper man myself these days, and uh, last week was a little slow, but this week has been picking up. And uh, you know, whenever whenever we're just running out of things to run, I just go out and kill a bunch of people so we have some obituaries. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> so, this is one of the tricks of the trade, but. I'm pretty sure that's the that's the plot of uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, the James Bond movie. Is it really? Yeah, it's like the media tycoon who wants to start a war, wants to kill a bunch of people, so that he can uh, <laughs> make all the more money or something like ah, or something like that. Wait, I thought that was a wag the dog. Well, that too, but that, a little really bit different. No, no, because they they the, there they faked the war. He this guy actually wanted to start oh. the war. So if, James, yeah. so if we could combine James Bond and Wag the Dog, we'd have something. Right, right. That's, I don't know what we'd have, but it'd be something. Well, for those of you who uh, may be new to our show or don't really know, uh, every week, Matt and I, and possibly sometimes there's a third host, we come in with three topics. We say our three topics in a lightning round of announcing, where the other person will like react to our topics, and then... Uh, after all the topics have been spoken, we each veto a topic, so we end up with three to four topics, uh, depending on how many hosts there are. This week there's two hosts, so we'll end up with four topics. And um, it's a <clears throat> excuse me. I also have a little bit of a cough this week. I got some water here, um, so we we never really know what's going to be. It could be funny, it could be political, it could be serious, it could be sad, it could be stupid. It's most likely stupid, but every week it's just kind of a lot of fun. It's fun on podcasts. Whose turn is it to start uh, with the? Uh, I we got all goofed up last time, so we I, did. You were you were last last time, so I think you go first this time. I think I usually go first on the odd numbered ones. Well, I don't know what this and is. This is the number. This is number seven. Okay, well then you can go first. I, I've that's started con- keeping track of these things. That's all right, consistent. So these are my three topics this week. Matt is going to veto one of these, and the other oh, two we write- will talk about. I should write these down. All right. Okay. Ready? My first yes. one, uh, VR tech. Uh, specifically, uh, my household acquired a PlayStation VR over Christmas, and um, we are in virtual reality nowadays, and it's kind of cool that I can talk about virtual reality. Okay. Uh, my second topic is something we have not talked about. I don't know if Matt's even in a position to talk about this at all. Uh, the Last Jedi. I am not in a position to talk about it at all. 
I have now seen it twice. Uh, it was playing at a local theater for five bucks this last weekend. So me and the kids went a second time. And I could do like a non-spoilery version. I just love talking about it. Or I could do minor spoilers. I could do full spoilers. I could I could go any kind of way. I just have things I'd like to say. Okay. And my last topic, um, and this one, you know, we kind of keep coming back to it, but there's, it's always a lot of things going on with it, which is Trump. Is it versus, hubris? No, it's Trump it's versus. It's well, it's, it's hubris-ish. It's Trump versus Mueller or Mueller. Uh, specifically now that um, it looks like there's going to be some sort of a meeting or something with the Trump uh, investigation, Mueller's investigation into Trump and everything. And I think there's a lot to talk about there. So um, Trump versus Mueller again. All right. Those are my three topics this week. Very exciting, very different topics. Uh, let's kick it to Matt for his three okay. topics. Okay. All right. So my three topics. Uh, number one. Oh, I wrote, oh, I got to find these again. I, I wrote them down. All right. Uh, I'm going to suggest we bring back the recast feature we did once upon a time. Uh, and recast the Lord of the Rings, specifically the Fellowship. Interesting. All right. Interesting. All right. I, I like. You know, it sounds like fun. Uh, actually, I even though I think those movies have aged incredibly well. They. Re- so, I, I was. I was just kind of thinking about this, and I'm like, no, he's too good. No, uh, no, no, won't do it. All right. I like all these guys. Um, they were well, well cast movies. But, but all right. So we'll see if we talk about it. We might not talk about it. All right. Number two, cooperative games. Ah, uh, we could do kind of a fur it or again it, and that I am usually again. Uh, cooperative gaming. I don't. I don't. I like to have a clear loser in everything I do, which is usually me. But I still like it to be well defined. All right. And then number three, Indians. I want to talk about Indians. And at the risk of being politically incorrect, dots or feathers? Uh, feathers. And so specifically, uh, <laughs> I, what I want to talk about there is there's in my been notes, some... I just wrote feathers. <laughs> <laughs> Indians dash feathers. So, uh, so in fact, specifically the use of the word Indian, uh, I've actually come across it a few times lately in my career. Um, the Cleveland Indians baseball team has announced some oh, yeah. uh, some interesting things, and so I think just talking about sort of, uh, y- you know, all the. Stuff surrounding the idea of the word Indian. Not we're not talking about Native Americans, but the specifically the nomenclature Indian. Yes, and how it has functioned in America as a term uh, and 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 whatnot. Exactly. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Ooh. Well, All right. You get first veto this week. All right. Well, this is this is a very easy one for me because having not yet had an opportunity to see the movie. You uh, I see it is my prediction. I will see it. I, I mean, uh, you know, it might not happen in theaters at this point. When it comes out in 4K, you got to come to my house and watch it. But I will. Uh, I will get it on whatever. Yes, knowing you. Day. <laughs> got a, a film strip version of it. <laughs> it's no. It's. <laughs> It's a Viewmaster no. version of Star Wait, Wars. I'm telling you, when it comes out in 4K, just come over to my house and watch it. We have we'll, a nice uh, giant TV, so 
will uh, w- it, it will be watched. It's at some point. I'm I'm just sad I haven't gotten to it yet, but life oh. life intervenes. So, all right, dang. Okay, um, on my end, oh gosh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of the recasting Lord of the Rings. All right, um, because it's just uh, you know it just it. I'm not ready, but I think everything else is going to be kind of fun to talk about. Okay. So our topics this week, a very weird little, uh, uh, we kind of go with some fun and then we kind of go into some heady topics with virtual reality, cooperative games, Trump versus Mueller round 48 and, uh, the Indians, uh, specifically the idea of around the term Indian in America. So we're not actually talking about Native Americans per se, but just everything that surrounds the term Indian. Which I, you get, there's got to be papers and everything written on that. Oh, like, I'm yeah. I'm sure there are. But I'll to say right now, and, we are not the experts. I was going to say, talk, call back to last week with hubris, right? <laughs> Where people talk about things they don't know anything about. <laughs> the two white not having expertise. <laughs> well, come right. on, we're not. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we are. We're, 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 yeah, right. Pretty well. I mean, I live, but to be fair, I don't, I, I'm not sure exactly of your geographical location, what the truth is, or what the proximity would be here. But I mean, I live really close to a reservation, and my, and my students, my taught college, I had a number of um, Native American students. Right. And, and, well, well, yeah, when we get to that, well, should we, do you want to just start with that topic? No, I don't. No, I okay. Well, it. then, then, then we'll get to ending. it later. Yeah. All right. I'm just saying, you know, I'm, call, I'm doing a callback, so okay. we're gonna talk about virtual reality because, um, so for Christmas we ended up with a PlayStation VR, and um, now here's the thing: like my my 12 year old boy had wanted a um, a VR set for like his phone, uh huh, and, and you know like little eight dollar goggles or whatever. Are those any Are those any good? No. Oh, okay. No, okay. We, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, what do I okay, know? So right? it was kind of cool, you know, to kind of, oh, we put his phone in these goggles and, you know, and everything. But I mean, the resolution of the phone just isn't that great, you know, and there's focus problems and yeah, it's, it's okay. It's probably better then, than the resolution on my phone. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you didn't have to flip anything. So, <laughs> um, yeah, the snake game was like just popping out at us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we got the PlayStation VR. And, um, and now I, I, my first encounter with VR was when I was teaching college uh, a few years ago. One of my students had gotten a dev kit uh, for the Oculus Riff. Okay. And she had brought that in and we were all playing with it. And the dev kit for that, to kind of give you an idea of like the level of technology versus what I have now of my V, my VR, like there are actual physical glass lenses we would have to screw in um, to adjust for eyesight. So you couldn't wear glasses, things like that. I mean, it was this massive, heavy thing on your head, right? And like you, I mean, it's and and the thing with VR is it is going to be very hardware intensive. Um, on the play, so the PlayStation VR, it's actually really comfortable. You can wear your glasses with it. There's no like focus kind of issues. Um, it's really nice that way, and. Um, I am just amazed by VR and I know like we're it's in its infantile stages. And that's the thing that really excites me, which is one of the reasons I kind of really want to support it 
because you know I want them to say, oh, there's gold in them. There are hills about VR, so that they right. keep making stuff with it. Um, I would describe virtual reality when you're doing these things as it's the most. It's it's probably the most is like being a dream, where yeah. things are kind of real, but you kind of know they're not. It's kind of a little bit of a lucid dream. Like you can't, like you get this sensation of moving a lot of the times, but that you know, but you kind of know that you're not actually moving. But just, and then like we have the move controllers for the PlayStation. Okay. So that and then what's cool? So like when we're in the game, like we got this little Spider-Man demo, <laughs> and it's like you use these things as your hand, and then like you use the 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 buttons and it you kind of your brain kind of rewires after a few minutes we're like oh this is my fingers now <laughs> oh weird and, and so you see these hands and like it and the way the move controllers are there's like there's this little rubber glowy ball thing for the sensor okay. and if you smack your hands together it feels like you're wearing rubber gloves because these two rubber balls kind of hit each other Right. Okay. So it feels like if you run them again, like oh, you, can't, you know that. So because of where all your senses are and everything, it really kind of you know your brain kind of starts to. Re- so it's like a dream where things kind of start to rewire a little bit uh, in, in terms of your senses. Yeah, and it's really cool. And and I, I I'm so excited. Now I don't like I don't have a lot of VR stuff. I'll be honest. Like, um. You know, I think it's so cool. Like, we have this Mars game that I got. Okay. And it's, um, like, like you're flying in the spaceship with, like, someone else. And, like, but, like, first you got to, like, use the computer. And, like, I'm using my hands to, like, navigate the computer. Like, this multi-touch thing. Like, 3D display. It's like, oh, I'm moving things. and But it's all around me. It's like, if I turn my body, it's everywhere, right? Oh. So, I mean, and then, like, when I got to Mars, like, there's buttons to move your person. But then, like, I stood off, off I, I got up off my couch, I started walking, and, of course, the person started walking, and then I slammed into a wall, but, you know, there was no wall on Mars. Oh, weird. <laughs> right? But, like, if it wasn't for this cable connecting my head, I conceivably could just be in a wide-open room walking around. It's like, like, I mean, again, Star Trek, right? It's holodeck on Star Trek. Yeah. Is, yeah. And, I mean... So my person's moving on Mars. I'm moving in the room. And it, wherever I m- turn on my body, it's like how it is. And then, I mean, obviously there's limitations because of the physical space and the length of the cord and everything like that. But right. it's so the best. So the best app I think I have so far for this is actually we have a PlayStation Plus membership. So we get like free games every month. Okay. And they started giving free VR games. And one of the ones they gave is called Rush of Blood or something like that where it's set in a broken-down amusement park ah, on a roller coaster frightening already. at night with monster clowns jumping out at you, and you got to shoot them. Yeah, that, that sounds creepy. But it's the best VR experience I'm ha- I've had so far, and this is why. Because everything else is kind of like the Mars one's like, well, I'm really just looking around Mars and point and click. Okay? It's not like a lot of game. Right. Um, so this actually has more of a challenge well, feature to it. And then the other one I, I got is um is an old PlayStation 2 game, which is really, an, it's like a proto-rhythm game called Res, and they made a VR version, so I got that. And it's, it's basically just a shooter where, like, every time you look at things, it targets them, and then it, and it, it's cool instead of, it's, like, kind of tronny, you know, so it kind of feels like what virtual reality should have felt like back in the 90s. Yeah. So, 
it's like you're flying through space and looking at things and it shoots and stuff and that's really cool and, and stuff but again it's like well that was gameplay that existed before it's just now that i replaced the controller with my body yeah you know so like and there was no but the 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 rush of blood one i think is the best vr experience i've had so far and it's not and that, that's just of what i've tried obviously in that there's a story and a game and a vr mechanic adds to the heightened fear of the game right and and everything like that and i think you know like that's kind of where I think where the potential for virtual reality is. I don't think there's been the killer virtual reality app yet. And it, like probably the closest I'm hearing there is is this is Skyrim, which is like six years old. They made a VR version for PlayStation oh. Skyrim, which you know okay. is huge and immersive and this that and the other. And it's like okay, but if that's still our best VR experience, that's six years old. That means no one's really done the thing yet. Right. But I well, see I mean, so much potential. I mean, this one on the. I mean, I'm sitting on my on my futon and then I'm in a roller coaster, right? Well, it makes sense. I'm sitting and then, you know, and I can turn and everything. Well, you know, because I'm on a roller coaster, it's, it's literally on rails. So I don't have to worry about the movement. Right. So I, when, when it's going over the hills and stuff of the roller coaster, I feel like I'm on the roller coaster. Oh, weird. Even though I'm, I'm physically not moving. Like if I sway my body just a little bit with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so I see there's a lot of potential here and it's really exciting to me. Um, like I said, I, but just I, I wish I don't feel like the developers have found. I, I haven't found the one thing yet that's like the killer app for this that's going to make people want need virtual reality. But I, but there's I mean it's it's awesome. The other I mean the other problem with all these virtual reality things is compared to other kinds of games they're short. Like there's like there's a Batman one from the makers of like the Arkham City games. Okay. It's kind of set in the, it's set in the exact same like universe story whatever you want to call it. But the problem with it is, I guess it's only like an hour and a half long. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, and, and does this more like st- movies and then games? I think at this point, does this stuff take up a lot more space? I mean, is it hard to make well, them larger? That's what, that's what I don't know if that's because of the expansive world, or I, I mean, I don't know what the development piece is on all these things. Um, yeah, but that's and that's the other thing that's kind of cool with this PlayStation VR is I could put in like a 3D movie and I could because like if, I, if I'm playing a non-virtual reality game, it basically just projects what feels like like a giant movie theater size screen that I'm playing video games on. Right. So I mean, like I can and I can watch 3D movies in 3D on it, which is yep. kind of cool too. Um, it's just a shame. So like with this hookup though, like I said about the hardware, like it's got a special like box. So it's got the HDMI port from the PlayStation to the box, from the box to the TV. And I, I, I believe there's some other graphical processing inside the box because the headset itself basically has to t- have two HD-driven monitors for both eyes to get the stereoscopic effect. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's and there's a little bit of lag I've noticed on, on some things that normally don't have lag when I'm using it because of this. I mean, it's very process-intensive. Okay, but I I think it's cool. I, I I definitely think it's a technology worth investing in. I I I think there's a lot of cool storytelling things. Like I said, these feel like more like movies so far, and so maybe this is that weird. Right now, it's just game movie hybrid kind of stuff. Or like I think like a roller coaster works really well, right? Because it's like a, a ride too. Which and, you know, there's a lot of rides out there. Like you go to Disney or any of those other places that where they you know they're telling stories via the ride. 
So I, I think that's probably why there's a lot of that kind of same approach being taken to virtual reality currently. But I want to see, like, um, with these move controllers and everything, I would love to get, like, a tennis game or a golf game or, like, some sports ah. games that are... I, I don't I see that as a really a missing thing. Yeah, that could be and a star. Uh, we need a Star Wars game. We need a Jedi game for this, <laughs> right? Because these things feel like a lightsaber in my hand already. I should be, you know. And there's those augmented reality Star Wars set you can go buy, where like you're fighting all the Sith and everybody, and it's like, well, that should be a thing on this. Yeah. 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 So. Virtual reality, check it out, folks. It's cool. PlayStation VR, I think it's, I you know, I I think it was like, I got mine on clearance with with Christmas money, and it cost two hundred dollars. Normally, it's like three fifty. Ah, it was like a return you know, unit someone brought back, and and then I bought like the Move controllers used at GameStop for like another sixty bucks. I mean, I spent like a hundred dollars less on everything, all told, and so it was a pretty good deal. All right. Well, I look forward to to trying it out someday yeah, we, when there are games worth playing. Come watch. Well, it's just worth experiencing. Come watch Star Wars when Star Wars comes out on home on home media. You'll come over to my house. You'll watch that. We'll we'll go into virtual reality. <laughs> All right. All right. That's that's my first topic. Second topic is this week: cooperative games. So you're again it. I don't like cooperating. That's see I um so so the reason the reason this one popped into my head um, first is is I have a number of games that I play with the kids uh, that are cooperative games and okay. I find for them especially these are these are fantastic games um, well, because yeah, you're trying to teach kids how to get along and share and stuff I was but, an only but, child so that's it but more than that is is that you can actually do some some real strategy games. There's uh, Outfoxed, um, which is a pretty good one. There's uh, Engineering Ants, which is sort of a STEM type of game, which isn't as less of a game and more of just a, a building, structured building type of thing. Um, there is uh, Race to the Treasure, I, I think, is where you kind of cooperatively build the board as you go. And I think for kids, those are those are all really good games. But I have... I, for Christmas, I got Betrayal at House on the Hill, which I have found to be fantastic because it starts as a sort of semi-cooperative game, and then it shifts into one person becomes the betrayer. That would be and, me. And then, well, it's it's now you know, you're it's, talking my language. It's random. And then everyone else is cooperative, so it's one person against everybody else. And it's, it's an. I mean, that game's been out for a long time. I'm, I'm just. It's new to me, but I. It's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. And so I just, I, I find, you know, it's, it's a good twist. I would still call it a cooperative game, because for the majority of players it is, um, but it's, it's got a little bit of different element to it. Now that said, there there's also your classic cooperative games. There's Pandemic, Pandemic. I think, is probably the big one. And that's and, that one. At least I feel like I'm playing against. You know, like we're playing against the game. I'm trying. I mean, I can kind of just use the other people as pieces. Right. That's like right. Whenever I play cooperative games, it's like that's how I end up looking at it. Is like my fellow players are pieces for me to use and move. It. it 
right? To- totally. That's really jerk move of me, but. Well, you know, um, I, I have another one, uh, Eldritch Horror, which uh, is basically just an analog video game. Oh. It's right. So, so I, I have actually played it by myself. You play for four people or whatever, and since the other players are just people, I can choose what their moves are and so on and so forth. Um, I mean, it's it, yeah, it's it is an analog video game. What's interesting? There's another one. Um, I don't know if you've played it with me ever. I can't remember if you've played Saboteur. I have not. Saboteur is really interesting in that sandwiches. Saboteur. Sandwiches. Saboteur. <laughs> Sorry, this is a this is a reference to the office. I was just giving it to you. <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't sure you actually got that. I mean, it's it's a that's a pretty dated reference. So, oh. that's, okay. yeah. And, anyway, so um, but in that one, right? There's one. There, everyone is uh, everyone is um working to find the gold, except for randomly. There's depending on how many people, one or one or two saboteurs. And no one knows who they are. No one knows who. No, so no one knows if you're a saboteur or actually working for the gold, or you know, even if you're a saboteur, you don't know if there's another who any of the other saboteurs would be, right? I mean, it's, okay. it's kind of the thing. So ostensibly, you're all working together, <laughs> but at the same time, you can't trust anyone. Yeah. See, that sounds like a good element. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, like um, my brother, one of his favorite things to do is whenever someone does something, is to say. That seems like something the saboteur would do. <laughs> I, okay. So there's a, there's kind of a psychological element in there too, right? You right. Can, you know, because you can basically do actions that will help the team, or you can do actions that will hurt the team. Now, if you obviously do something that hurts the team, everyone's going to realize you're probably the saboteur right away, and they'll just work to block you so they can get the gold. So if you're the right. saboteur, you have to kind of try to pit people against Got each other. Or, slow play that, and yeah, until yeah. you know, and try to once people know, they're you know, wait till they can't stop you. All right. Yeah. So there's there's that. But yeah, I, oh. I like I said, I you know, I just I've never really gotten into cooperative stuff. I think it's because I, I've I've always had like really bad. I like clear win lose con- conditions for games. Is is one of the things? Like even if I it's can... random. I can understand that. that. And I feel like, well, if we're all working together, we're all the winner or we're all the loser, then I might have played a great game, but, you know, and this is kind of, this is like the same reason why I hated partner work in high school, right? (laughs) It's because I'm at the mercy of the person who sucks the most. You know, I see, and I guess maybe this is just a different disposition. That part of it doesn't bother me one bit because if I did really well, you know what? I know I did really well. And, I know the other people know I did really well. I don't care about the actual grade or the actual win so much as I care about like having having just done that good thing on my own. Now, for me, the trick with cooperative games is them being challenging enough th- that I've found. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's crazy challenging though. I would I would draw a contrast between pandemic. And, and uh, everything I, I, else. Well, I mean, <laughs> like Forbidden Island, which is which is has a very similar mechanism in some ways to Pandemic. Uh, you know, you have to collect four things and get them to a certain place before a certain time, kind of thing. Uh, but it just doesn't have that same 
level of difficulty and 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 the things that make it difficult are are not strategic elements they're time elements and that uh, something about that is frustrating now i i would be very interested in doing pandemic legacy uh, because that just keeps changing like it says destroy a card you literally have to rip it up you can never yeah. play the game again Yes. Yeah, you can play yeah. it once. Yeah, and it, it changes that, see, every time. And yeah, see, that bothers me as an, a game owner. Like, but but <laughs> I paid money for this. Now I can't use it again. <laughs> well, I mean, I would, you know, not necessarily do that. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, okay. That, so that's I think that's cooperative games. Then wow, we are cooking. This is we're we're both I think in a hurry this week. But I also I think it's gonna be a slick. Uh, podcast. It's good because I have to edit last week's yet too. So I'm going to edit two tonight so that one goes out tomorrow. And All right. One. And then they'll be back to having two on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Marvelous Patrick. Um, all right. Well, let's go. Let's talk about Trump versus Mueller. We are just, man, this is just exciting to watch in some ways. It's a game of cat and mouse where the cat is actually the competent one, unlike oh so many cartoons. <laughs> you know, I I'm gonna say, uh, you know, as an attorney myself, I understand slow playing things and excessive caution, and so I'm just gonna say, let's not presume Mueller's competence at this point. <laughs> on On the other hand, if he doesn't hurry up, there isn't going to be much left. <laughs> What I I disagree with that. I feel like the uh, as frustrating as so many things have been, uh, absent basically. I mean, essentially for people who are minorities or undocumented, there hasn't been a tremendous amount of damage done. Yet. I don't know that tax bill. The tax bill is bad, but it's worse when it leads to cuts. Yeah, those cuts is. haven't happened yet. So the tax bill on its own isn't bad. It's just it's just really generous to people with money. At some point, there's going to have to be a corresponding cut because of deficits and things yeah. like that. That's when that's when the 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 hammer drops. And so long as at that point, the re, you know the the response is well, let's just re up those taxes on the wealthy. We well, might then, be okay. then yeah, then we're okay. So I mean, but, it's it's about the choices that are made at that point. The the tax cut is going to force some really bad decisions. You but know. that's not the topic. The topic is Trump and Mueller. I want to get back right. to that. So okay, here's here's why I kind of want to bring it up because there's been some developments, obviously. Um, and the big one is uh, a week ago, Mueller signaled that he's wanting to speak to Trump. And, you know, there's kind of this dance that then happens between Trump's legal team and the investigation to figure out what that looks like, how that happens. You know, the, the legal team, Trump, the team Trump would like it to be written questions with written responses. Well, of course they would because then, then they, they can, can write actually the control the messages and they don't have to worry about Trump saying something godly stupid as well. He, well, he definitely will. You know, and that that probably won't fly. On the other hand, Mueller has subpoena power, so if he doesn't get what he wants, he could bring Trump before the grand jury, which was the last thing Trump's team would want, because clearly they're <laughs> clearly at that point 
he wants advice of counsel. Yeah, right. he's he's he. Well, yeah, yeah, and so, um, but here, you know, and then of course, Bozo, he can't. He this is a guy who just cannot get out of his own goddamn way, right? And he goes, oh, he want, he would love to talk to Mueller face to face under oath. <laughs> It's when he says, absolutely, absolutely. And he like immediately like his, his counsel has to come out and say, well, we're still negotiating and that he's the president. And that's like, oh my God. But so there's, I, I've seen a number of, of things written obviously about this, you know, like here's what's interesting to me. I have, I have some of my own kind of beliefs on this. Now the conventional wisdom kind of of the food chain that Mueller was kind of going to go through once, once Flynn and, and Manafort flipped, was that would probably get him to Jared, Don Jr., or Pence. And from Pence, from one of those three, obviously, up to Trump. And all of a sudden, now we're hearing about Trump. But at the same time, we hear that Sessions had spoken with the Mueller investigation, unknownst to many people, like about a month ago. And then it came out that, oh, yeah, he already talked to them. And, you know, and, and this whole time Mueller has been, you know, things are very secretive. That is a very tight ship, the Mueller investigation. I have a, I have a crazy theory, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Being he's going to, you know, saying he's ready to talk to Trump now, seemingly without these other people, I think someone else has flipped from those I... top three in secret. And that's, that's my thought. Well, and I here's... have some belief. I have a belief as to who it is, but I. So first thing I want to ask you is just play out that. I, I want you to kind of go along with that scenario for just a moment before you butt it out and, and, okay. and take it apart. If you had to pick one of those three to be the person who, in secret, has already spoken and cooperated with and flipped to the Mueller investigation, who would you pick? Of with which three? Junior and Pence Junior and Jared. He's talked to Pence already. He ha- well, no, no. I'm saying if let's let's say officially we don't know that he's talked to any of those three. But the the the, the wisdom prior to him going right to Trump was that he would talk that one of those he would go to those three first and they would turn on Trump, basically. Okay. Well, so so my my con- hypothesis if it's- that I'm putting my hypothesis I'm putting forward is that because we it's so secretive and we don't know who's talked until usually like a month or so after they've talked. I have this hypothesis that perhaps one of those three has already gone and been interviewed and flipped. And I'm saying okay. if that if that hypothesis were true, who would you think it would be? Pence, Jared, or Junior? Okay, so ostensibly if that were the situation. And I don't I don't think that is the situation. Okay. But, but but I'm, let's, I'm let's play out the hypothesis let's first. Play out the hypothesis. Ostensibly the person who you look at who would have the most to gain from that, which Arguably, would be the vice president. Oh no! Oh no! Are you there? Terry, it's you cut out. You have to start over. Well, oh, no, no! I gave all the good stuff. You just missed it. Uh, we so, all missed it. Okay, and so you, that's you were, you were about right. to say who you didn't. We didn't get to hear your who your person was. <laughs> okay, so ostensibly, you would have to look at who would have the most to gain, and presumably, that would be. The vice president who could then step into the presidency. I think that's a terrible idea because, first off, well, then he's tainted goods. He's he's incredibly tainted. So he he doesn't. There's nothing really to gain from that. Yep. Uh, so now, the sec- I would. Okay, so that, the, is that your first pick, or are you just going through them? No, no, no. I'm just going through them. I'm just okay. going through them. So, so so there's that. The second uh, thing would be 
um, you know, well, the not blood relation, right? But, you know, I think Jared's got too much of a good thing going on. Now, we know Jared has talked, though, already, right? So that's that would be the one that would make sense for that reason. So I could see that. Um, but at the same time, I think Jared... You cut out again. Oh, no! He gets brilliant, and then we never get to hear what he's saying. Are you there? Ground control to Major Tom. Ground Hello. control to Major Tom. Are you back? I can I can hear you. We cannot hear you. You were out. I've heard you this whole time. That is you very are off. You gone immediately. Huh. So, I want to jump in, though, here. Okay, so my hypothesis is Jared has flipped. And here's my reasoning. Other than the fact we know he's going right to Trump. Jared lawyered up right away. Jared, let's not kid ourselves. If Trump has to throw someone under the bus, he's going to throw Jared under the bus way before Junior. And, you know, I I think his Jewish son-in-law, of course he's going to throw that guy under the bus. I mean, it's not even a a question. And I think... I think Jared is Weasley, and and he knows it. He's a, he's a, he's a knowledgeable weasel in this case, and so I think if anyone has flipped on the Don, it, it's it's Kushner, and it would not surprise me, because we know there's been communication and stuff, right? But we don't know. I mean, we don't know things, but you know, that, but that that would be my mindless speculation that between Flynn and Manafort. And possibly Jared, he's got Trump. And now, what he wants to do with this interview, he's, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, he's circling the drain on at least obstruction of justice charges. Possibly he's setting up an interview uh, in terms of having someone from the FBI there to set up a perjury or lying to the FBI charge. And obviously, I think it's going to go to money laundering. I don't think we're going to, I think when this whole thing is done, we're not going to see just one charge of one particular thing. I think we will see at least money laundering and obstruction, if not money laundering, obstruction, perjury. I don't think there'll be collusion for Donald. I think for Don Jr. that might get to it. And I think the person that will flip on that whole thing will be Kushner because he, he knows that that would be bad news. So that's, that's kind of what I'm hypothesizing at this point. Okay, so I'm going to throw out an alternate hypothesis. I love it. Yes, go for it. You're not you're not going to love it, but I'm just going to throw this out there. They're Uh, all innocent, and it's all big misunderstanding, like a bad episode of Three's Company. Exactly that. (laughs) We have this. We have this general (laughs) chain of command, right? Or this this chain. You go. You go up the chain, and. and so what he's got, oh, Mr. Furley, <laughs> what he's got is he was able to nail certain people on the charges he was able to nail them on. And that's going to be the highest value targets he can get. And so he's going to interview Trump as sort of a last measure just to be thorough and then say, and there is not sufficient evidence of any other crime other than those that have been charged pursuant to this investigation. So you don't think there's going to be an obstruction 
charged than in this hypothesis. Honestly, honestly, here's here's what I say. I I don't feel comfortable speculating one way or the other. That is what I will say. Uh, I tend to be cautious in the in my assessments of these types of things anyway. But you know, one of the things I've actually talked a lot about. People talk about media, right? Your your news, and uh, how we all have to read different sources and mo- Ah, I don't know what's going on with him today, but man, it blows. Okay, shoot, I'm still here and I'm still talking. Well, I'm I think glad it's you're still talking because but you just keep cutting. You can hear out. me. It's so I can weird. Hear you right now. Okay. Well. So anyway, what I what I was gonna say is. If it if it's gonna happen, it the big news. It's gonna happen, and the speculation, uh, just I don't know how well it serves us. So I, I'm comfortable just trusting the process, because that way, I don't have hopes up or or dashed. You know, I I can let I can let justice run its course, and maybe that's just the lawyer in me. Just saying, just trust the process. But I think that's fair, you know. And I, I think, you know, I wish I could trust the process maybe a bit more, or you know. But also, I think there's the storyteller in me, right? Is I, you know, whenever I go watch something, I'm always trying to kind of, you know, whether I'm not not maybe even knowingly, but there's this piece of me that's always trying to figure out what the ending is. Um, to any story, right? So, like, you know, it's a, like, do these pieces, does it make sense? To, uh, can I predict it? Because in any story, right, there should be, you know, yeah. Oh, you, yeah, should to, right. you should be able to, it should all put, be able to put it all together to get to the end. Like a puzzle. Right, that's like, why Harry Potter was so terrible. And, well, no, no, I mean, it was, that's not why Harry Potter was terrible, Harry Potter. It was, it, it, it clearly set up magical MacGuffins where random things happen, the entire book series. I don't think. I, <laughs> in the <laughs> end, it was all an, accident it was all an accident in the beginning too though well yeah no right but right that's well that's did, the end did you it see is, that there was a the meme end. there was a meme going around the boy who got incredibly lucky and yes it, yes <laughs> yep yeah well that's true though right and that's that and that was kind of the whole point what and, and actually there was a line if you read the books there's a line that the only reason harry ended up being the chosen one is because voldemort thought he was the chosen one and wouldn't leave him yeah. alone right yeah. so i mean that yep. but no i and so i think you know, from that perspective, you know, looking at the pieces that I can see, you know, it, it's natural to say, okay, well, these pieces do lead to an end point, you know, and, and, be, and, and, and it's a mystery. It's a procedural, right? I mean, if this, if this was a, if this was a genre, this, that's what it would be as a mystery and procedural. And that's, that's, and, and the, and the, and the, the flip of Jared Kushner in secret would be a really good narrative piece, and I think it, that's why I love it. The idea. I can okay. I can I can understand that. I just I feel like, you know, and it's a it's, hope and a dream. Yeah, and it's not just you, but it's it's a lot of people I see. A lot, you know, a lot of people I know on on Facebook or wherever are, are counting down the days till Mueller does whatever he's going to do, and I just I worry. Well, what if what if Mueller exonerates him? What's that going to mean? See, right? I don't. I think I the money laundering to... is what's going to happen, though, because I mean, well, but there's, but there's obviously money. I mean, Trump is a notorious money launderer, though. I mean, it was always. I mean, this is this this isn't the first his first brush with the law. This is just the first time he's got someone he can't pseudo oblivion. 
right. But but I mean, I think that you know, look at look at the Clinton investigation, right? Um, but her emails. What what whatever you whatever it is clear that at a minimum an incredibly fine line was walked there on criminal activity. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of people are really upset because the outcome of the process was not what they wanted it to be because they were telling themselves, she's going to get nailed by this process and we can celebrate in that. And then rather than trust the process to have gotten it right, they start disagreeing with the process. And we've already got a big chunk of the country doing that. I don't want the other chunk of the country doing it in the opposite direction. So that's why I think speculation is is dangerous. There was bad, dangerous speculation with Clinton, uh, and I hope that doesn't happen now as well. I think that's a fair statement. I'll, I'll agree with that, that notion that there needs to be an acceptance uh, of what's going on so that we don't get the conspiracy theories and the nonsense and everything when it's all said and done. All right. Um, all right. Well, our last topic this week, Indians. Take it Indians. away, Matt. All right. So a uh, couple, a uh, couple items here. First uh, in the news, as of yesterday, the Cleveland Indians will no longer be using chief Wahoo uh, in 2019 as a mascot. Um, it's about time. Chief Wahoo is a basically a racist caricature of a Native American chief, uh, and uh, you know, plays into a lot of old timey stereotypes and things like that. Um, but is much beloved by a certain group of fans and things like that. So, um, you know, the change is 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 slowly happening there. They're given some time to phase it out and. And things like that. Um, meanwhile, uh, in the NFL, the, the Washington Redskins, which is a much loathed name, uh, Redskin being a fairly derogatory phrase on its own, um, are saying, "Oh, we're still not going to change. I don't. We don't care what the Cleveland Indians do. This is our tradition, and and you know, sucks to your humanity, kind of thing." Um, meanwhile. Uh, I do child protection cases sometimes, and in my child protection cases, I occasionally run up against what's called the Indian Child Welfare Act. Uh, And so this past week, I had to write some court documents referencing uh, the Indian child and the Indian child's parents and things like that. And just because that's the, the proper legal phrase, I just had to keep writing it, and it it just felt like it wasn't i'm a little bit like it wasn't necessarily the the you know the proper way to go about it and i understand you know there are certainly native americans uh, as i understand it at least who are who are accepting of the term and and so on and so forth and you know the smithsonian museum uh there's a smithsonian museum of the american indian um well so it's right the nomenclature for native americans has changed just within our lifetime. Right, it really has. And so, so I it's, think that's uh, fair. I mean, because I think when we were growing up, it was American Indian. Yep. Yep. And, you know, that was the 80s. And then, it, you know, in the 90s, it transitioned to Native American. Right. 
And so I guess and now I think now it's even indigenous people is 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 kind of where it's going towards. Right, I think so. And so I mean, I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think there's any discriminatory intent behind any of the you know the statutes or. It's just about that sort of that sensitivity, and I'm, I'm actually reminded of a Thirty Rock joke, uh, where uh, Jack Donaghy is dating Selma Hayek's character, who is from Puerto Rico, and and you know what, what, what do I call you? Puerto Rican. He says, "No, I know you. I know you could call yourself that, but what do I call you? <laughs> Puerto Rican. That that just doesn't sound right." <laughs> yeah. So there's a part of me that wonders: Is that what's going on here? Um, I uh, I don't know, but I certainly want to be to be sensitive to that at a minimum. So well, yeah, and then you think about like, um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, right? Has has done a has gotten a lot of mileage out of this whole <laughs> thing, right? Where um, Jane Krakowski's blonde, blue-eyed character is actually Native American, but she completely changed her looks when she left the reservation to become, you know, this. Gold digger, yeah, Jackie Lynn, and you know, and she ends up marrying David Cross's character, whose family owns the Washington Redskins, and she's working from the inside to bring it down. Oh, that was! I thought that was so well executed. Her parents are just like, oh, (laughs) yeah, and and, but and but a lot of this, you know, comes from this idea, I think, also of. Okay, so like where I live, there's there's a reservation not far from us, um, and I, you know, and when I taught college, I had a couple students from from reservations and whatnot, and you know, they it was always kind of this this weird duality is kind of what I noticed, like um, in terms of in, in terms of their own approach, kind of to the 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 whole miasma surrounding the topic you know and, and the one in the one hand they'd be like yeah i gotta get rid of, you know I'm, I'm gonna go do this this and this i'm just you know uh off the reservation now and you know and like, but you know it's also it's like oh, that's where i spent my whole life and that's my family and it's you know and they're like oh and you know so I, there was one kid who who literally had been there every day of his life until he came to school and he you know he'd never been away and there was it was a culture shock for a guy you know driving like 30 miles wow Um, right Um, yeah because it is now i i saw a really great uh tweet this week i thought was really i mean obviously it was kind of a smart ass tweet um but they said that the native americans on reservations should welcome all the daca people (laughs) 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 That's kind of funny. Um, I mean, it, you know, but the the truth of the matter is, it's, it's a sucky situation from a sucky history, right? You know, right. and uh, I, I think a lot of times people, you know, when they think about racism and things like that, that that's a group of people they don't really think about having a, felt the effects of racism. And continually feeling the effects of racism. Right. Well, I mean, the the very the systemic, very reason systemic the, racism. The very reason that there is an Indian Child Welfare Act 
is because I believe it was in the 70s, something like, oh, how much was it? I want to say it was like 25% of child welfare cases brought against Native Americans resulted in the placement of a child in a foster care, like a permanent foster care placement that was not of their tribe. So literally just taking Native babies away from their tribe, from their family, from their culture, and giving them to Angelina Jolie, by the way, not even involved yet. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So, uh, (laughs) I mean, just, um, yeah, so that's, uh, so no, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I have, I have a case where I am, I am just straight up arguing, let's return the child, you know, let's, let's make sure the child gets access to, to the culture, um, because that's what the Indian Child Act enables. And so it's a, it's an interesting thought. And then, you know, you look at it and, and here, you know, we're not quite sure what the right, right phrases to use are. And, and, you know, we're, we're, like we said, two white guys talking about it. And then you have folks like the owners of the Washington Redskins in the NFL saying, no, nah, we're not changing that. They don't even, they don't even, uh, have an iota of that sensitivity towards it. So it's, uh, I think it's an interesting little, you know, my, my personal belief is if someone says, I don't like that, that's offensive to me. You shouldn't do that to them. You know, you shouldn't right. tell someone else. You shouldn't tell someone else that it should be offending them. I'm, I, I, I noted this. I noted this when Trump was elected last year. That it seemed to me that the next day there were a lot of white people who were suddenly experts on racism. Right. And what is or is not racist. And I, you know, I think that's kind of the same thing here, right? Um, because this is a group of people who are extremely marginalized who um, do not have representation and, you know, and because of, you know, the the way the reservation structure is, it's like a, it's not quite a separate country, but it is a separate country, but it is and it isn't. It depends on the situation, the day of the week, this, that, and the other, you know, I mean, their rights are constantly in flux. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I'm not going to solve that. I'm going to be very honest. <laughs> right, right. No, I don't. I don't think. But you know, step one I'll, is I'll uh, ask this. I'll ask this. Who do you th- uh, do? You, who do you think has had it worse you know, over the history of this country from colonial days till now? Black people or Native Americans? Oh come on! <laughs> That's not a real question. I think it's a hard no. I, but I'm I'm saying if you think about it, I think it's a hard question to truthfully answer. Well, I, here's because, here's why here's why I don't, I don't like it. Here's why here's why I'm going to say why it's hard to answer, and this is probably the same reason why you don't like it, is because these are two groups of people who were both brutalized over the course of the na- of the nation's history, um, at di- you know in different ways. While Native Americans were not slaves, there was a lot of you know murdering and and such of their of them, right? Um, black people obviously have slavery, but there's, you know, that there was a really, I'm going to say we're still transitioning away from that in a lot of ways. See, see, here's why, here's why I don't like that question is I think it marginalizes both of them. Um, I think even just asking that question by necessity minimizes the damage done against 
whichever one you say is worse off. I mean, you use the phrase black people had slavery, but like, that's not okay. There is no, but no, there is that. no, but I, I, so I could have started. And, and that's basically, I could have started it with like, well, the native Americans were killed off, but you know, but that's, yeah. that's kind of my point, right? Is that if you, if you look at it, there's not a, a good track record in this country of, of treating different groups of people and then making it better later. Right. And right. that's, that's why I would say, you know, just the fact that if you look at it, like this, this is, these are two very important groups of people to the history of the country that really got and continually get the short end of the stick. Yes. And, and that's, and that's why I'm glad to see things like chief Wahoo going away. Because it's yeah. a little step, but it's a symbolic step, and 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 you know, hopefully that has some some meaning and translates in some re- real ways for people. You know, I live. Um, my paper. We just ran a story last week about white supremacist groups and oh, posters in 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 our town. Yeah, yeah, right. So, if, for anyone out there who thinks that like these things are that that. I, I, you know, because this is one of those, I, I always comes back to Trump right now, but it has to, right? Because I, I, I had someone argue to me, well, white supremacy isn't evil. Those, those people don't, they're just, you know, they're just doing what they think is right and what they think is best. They, they would say, not white supremacy is evil. I'm like, no, you can definitively say white supremacists are evil. That's the fact that you're not willing to say definitively they're evil. That's actually means there's something wrong with you. I, that fascinates me because generally speaking – After we get off the air, I can tell you who said that too. Generally speaking, those you know. folks are the same folks who hate relativism that justifies everything. <laughs> that's, a, that's fascinating. Yeah. All right. So, ooh, what a way to end the show. Uh but it is the end of the show. It's been it's been a really heady show. Obviously, our second one in 2018, and um, you know, thank you very much for listening. You may have found us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever. Uh, if you do, please do rate and review us. We appreciate that. Please tell people if you like it, uh, share it. Uh, if you want to hear more, right now at Patreon.com/slash/marvelous/slash/marvelouspatrick. There are more episodes of this. Uh, they go live there before they go out to the, the mass uh, public. So please go check it out there. Also, for a dollar, you get the podcast. You get numerous ebooks of my comics. I am a cartoonist. I do a comic strip called Freaks and Squeaks at freaksandsqueaks.com. Please check that out. You can follow me on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, at Marvelous Patrick. Remember, there's no K in Patrick, just like there's no crying in baseball. My co-host tonight was Matt Novak. He's a lawyer uh, serving up all sorts of law stuff in uh, rural Minnesota, uh, working, for the, working for the people. And um, I, don't, I don't know, think he wants to plug anything, do you? No, I'm good. He never wants to plug anything. That's why he's a great co-host. I'm the egotistical one. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. I'm going to tell you right now that I've got three topics. One of them, I think, is one you're going to be tempted to do. (laughs) 
That's kind of the but point. I, 